When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Ace Podcast Nation, the hottest new podcast network and YouTube channel in the UK. Featuring original series, top guests, expert analysts, and more. Check out facebook.com forward slash Nation for news on latest guests and shows. Watch every show in full at youtube.com forward slash Nation. Yes, lads, UFC fighter Jack Sawyer. You can catch me on the latest episode of Ace Podcast Nation. Make sure to give him a subscribe on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash Ace Podcast Nation. And uh, looking forward to get back on there soon. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 70 and uh, tonight we're going to be talking the latest MMA news and uh, of course speaking to our great guest, which I'm really excited to. I've been building up for this one for a few weeks, been in the books since almost Christmas pretty much, just after Christmas and, uh, and no UFC last night, but we'll be talking Bellator 255 which will be a nice change of pace as well. Uh, Danny has watched all the fights, ready to give his world-class analysis. But uh, as usual, you can get this show video format, youtube.com slash Nation. The audio format is at all the usual places. And, of course, Ace Podcast Nation features uh, many other great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts, and more. So do give us a follow on social media. Subscribe to that YouTube channel. Click the bell for notification. Uh, I think we're coming up to coming up towards 3,000 3, followers uh, on YouTube, which is pretty good. After we struggled to a thousand, it was very t- 
demoralizing sometimes we've been flying the uh since christmas maybe just before so that's a very nice thank you everyone for their support of course as ever but uh, we're always looking to grow further especially the social media pages so do give us a subscribe or a follow and you can follow the danny batten show if you want to keep it mma and boxing uh, at danny batten fs on twitter and instagram and uh, yeah so uh, joining me as ever the return of the legend the ex cage warriors champion mr danny batten is back from the us of a Welcome back, buddy. How are you? How was your trip? Yeah, uh, guys. Well, the, the, the trip was enjoyable. You know, mostly didn't get the result we wanted. Ah, oh, mate, crazy. don't get me started. Don't get me started on those judges. Yeah, it's but cool. it wasn't a perfect performance either. There, there were no. things that I wanted to to go down different, but it wasn't the case. But you know, we can talk about that in a little bit more detail as we go through. But yeah, I mean, overall, the trip was a different experience from my two. Dubai trips. Um, I do slightly prefer Dubai. You know, I, I like going down to the beach and stuff like that. It has a little bit more uh, to do, I suppose. We were stuck in a residence in, so I occupied my time by cooking a lot, which I also do enjoy to do. So, um, and drank, drank a lot as well. Um, <laughs> no, no surprise. What are you to do? <laughs> no surprise there at all. But um, yeah, I thought for Modestas, I thought. Um, I was really happy to see that he, I felt like he'd addressed a couple of the issues that he'd had in the Jimmy Crook fight from just watching from the outside. You could see that he had addressed certain things. Um, he sort of paced himself a bit more. He was keeping the, the distance. And he took a couple of big shots, showed he's got a hell of a chin. But overall, I thought I thought he won the fight, i got to be honest. And I, I even have kind of asked other people to see maybe if I was you know, just a bit biased or whatever. But even... On social media afterwards, you could see that the the overall swell of opinion was that Modestas had won that fight, and it's uh, it's unfortunate because obviously it means two two losses in a row. But there we go. We'll uh, we'll talk about that a bit later, uh, a bit more. But uh, joining us, I'm delighted to welcome. As I said, it's been in the books for a while. Professional MMA fighter, ex Cage Warriors, ex UFC welterweight, Reese Skeletor McKee. Welcome, buddy. How are you? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, thank you very much for for having me on, and it'll be a pleasure to talk. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it. Obviously, I um, spoke to you sort of just before Christmas, and we got it, got back in contact after Christmas, and uh, got it in the books. Been waiting, waiting for a while, really, because of uh, there was like a couple of weeks of various things. Danny was away and stuff, but um, yeah, looking forward to chatting. Before we're gonna have a little chat about the news in a minute. There's a few little stories I want to address and talk to you guys about get your opinions but before we do talk about that i think the first thing we should address is um ex-ufc fighter reese uh, reese mckee um you had a short little stint there yeah. um we we talked uh obviously when you went out and fought Shemaev at fight island me and danny spoke about that at the time probably over a few show like a few weeks we kind of kept coming up we felt um for lack of a better term, or I felt, I wouldn't speak for Danny, like they stitched you up a little bit. They brought you in on shoot no, short notice. Uh, Chimaev, obviously we've seen him go and uh, take out a string of other fighters along the way. Um, looked like he was going to be set for a big fight against Leon Edwards, and obviously we all know what happened there. But um, sort of talk us through what's happened. Obviously, you went in on short notice, you signed, yeah. go from there. 
Yeah, so um, obviously I got the got the Shemaev fighting. I think it was six days' notice um, at the time. Like I, I really didn't know who Shemaev was, and 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 that got a lot of press because like people were thinking I was being ignorant to what. But I'm not a big like I don't watch UFC. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big fight fan. <laughs> despite yeah, that, but, uh, <laughs> so I didn't know who he was. Um, uh, so obviously the fight went how it did, and and then uh, for me it was just. For me, it was weird because it was like uh, it was good that I signed for the UFC, the pinnacle, all the good stuff, and mm-hmm. and then you know to go in in six days, get a loss, um, and then it was all kind of weird. And before you know it, November came again, and I had a good fight with another, uh, you know, another great fighter, Morano, and unfortunately lost that fight and was given the marching papers. And you know, you said the word stitched up, and I didn't really feel that at the time until I got cut. Then I feel. Now, now looking back, it's you know maybe I would have I would use the word stitch up with it. <laughs> yeah, I think it felt like it was a little bit unfair, just like the way they went about it. Like any other fighter, they when they sign you to the UFC contract, they they build you up gradually. They give you a couple of fights, which are you know always going to be tough fights in the UFC, but they build you up. They give you a, a fight or two, which you know realistically you've got a good chance of winning, and then maybe they'll chuck you in with you know that sort of tougher tougher opponent they do look after their fighters particularly the european ones when they bring them in you've only got to look at you know jack shaw even modestus they they gave him a couple of tricky fights but but you know fights that he was more than capable of winning and he and uh, as shown and then obviously he took the jimmy crook fight that was uh, as danny has said before that was his choice and um something which danny what would we say, Danny? Maybe he didn't fan, didn't want him to take it, or was wanted him no. to wait, wait. No, uh, as far as I understood, he had other options were much easier. The way I see the, your first contract, I don't know what your situation was, Reese, but Modestas is in a four fight contract uh, for his first contract. To me, you try to take the easiest fights you can, or you, you get offered. If you've got options, you take the easiest ones first, because it's all about trying to consolidate your results to be able to therefore play for bigger money on your second contract that can you know, really change your life. You know, you might be able to you know, pay up for a house or something along those lines and really consolidate something in your life, no matter what happens thereafter. But I felt like taking a risk on a fight, you know, he's just so highly touted, this crew. I just didn't yeah. get that that thing. But this is the thing with fighters. Look, fighters have strong minds, they have strong opinions, and they initially do what they do. As a coach, I'm not their parent. I don't, don't have no ruling over them. I'm nothing more than advice. I don't even like the word term uh, coach or professor or, you know, you get all these different titles, sensei or what have you. I don't do any of that. I'm nothing more than a student myself that's just got a bit more experience and I share that experience. And you become an advisor and I advise strongly against it. I didn't like the idea, but it happened. Um, and Dan, yeah, on yeah. Reese, like, do you feel like, obviously I use the term stitched up, and Reese said, you know, with hindsight, he feels a bit like maybe that was the case. I feel yeah. like they could have treated him very differently. Absolutely. Look, no one wanted to step in and fight Chimov. No one wanted to. So then Reese McKee steps up on extreme sort of notice. We're not talking like a, a couple of weeks out between six days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that that's a hell of a feat to stand up to. So the least they could have done was given a couple of feeder fights. Okay, that other one was quite a close fight, a really entertaining fight that you had against uh, Morona. Um, they should have at least give you another couple of couple of shots in there to express your game. You're a young lad. You're, you're 25, right? Uh, 25, you know, yeah. Yeah, still very, very young. And they could have developed you 
uh, in the UFC, I've seen them do it with other fighters where they slowly introduce them and, you know, if they stepped in short notice and stepped up, they get a couple of feeder fights thereafter. But I just think... The other, the other thing, it, mate, as well, opportunity. To, add, to add to that as well, guys, is, um, is like, if Reese hadn't stepped in on six days' notice, Shamayev hasn't got a fight. The UFC no. have to drop the fight. So, he, like, he's kind of done them a favour. I know you get paid for it, etc., etc. But, like, because you were willing to take a fight on six days' notice, they were still able to have that fight at Fight Island at a time yeah. where you've got lockdowns and things, where things are a bit tricky. Like, many, many fighters won't take a fight on short notice. So yeah. once you take that fight, not saying you did them a favour, but you certainly helped them out a bit. So yeah, I did feel maybe they could have looked after you a bit more in like, return. You know, I... I was just going to say, it's not even about just getting Chamayev and helping Chamayev out. It helped the UFC out. Chamayev is a massive draw. Everyone's curious to see him every time he steps in the cage. He creates a lot of attention. You help the whole promotion out with that particular show. You know, because without Chamayev in it, it was suddenly doled down somewhat. Everyone wants to see Chamayev. It, it was just going through that massive attention um, you know, hype uh, train, mate. Yeah, yeah, I just I didn't like it the way it went down. I, I'll, you know, you'll see a great. They do many, many good things, but I do think sometimes they're really so brutal on their decision making on these young guys' careers, yours and others, that yeah. sometimes it keeps me scratching my head. Yeah, um, and for me, yeah. like for me, like I, I didn't I didn't go to Fight Island to to lose or just to get my contract. Like um, I went there to win the fight, but then after I lost, I kind of thought, you know what, they, they might throw that one in the book. Like you know, not real. I'm not saying not count that as a loss, but like you know, look 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 at the reasons to why I maybe lost the Morano fight. I, I should have won. That's the most disappointing loss in my career because I just fought mm. like I fought like the amateur version of myself. And mm. so, like, I have no problem taking that loss. But, you know, for me, uh, if, if they gave me one more fight and I lost, I would have left, left the UFC myself. But uh, I think we definitely part of uh, ways too short. And as you said, they are absolutely cutthroat. And, you know, especially at the minute, you know, it, it's different at the minute too. With them, obviously, I'd be interested to take, see you take. The, the, they're fully behind the hype train that is Shemaev. Um, that, that's clear to see the way they've pushed. They've there's not many fighters over the history of the UFC who've been hyped and pushed the way that they've pushed him. Um, the fact that he was going to get Leon Edwards, it, I think, shows that because Chamaya is not even in the rankings. Which again, so for him to be getting that Leon Edwards fight, I think, was massive. Um, obviously, that fight didn't happen, but um, what's he like to to go up against? Like. Is he beatable? Yeah. Is he is he as good as everybody seems to think? Yeah, like I mean, I mean, I, I, again, I'm not, I'll, I'll not be the guy to sit in your podcast and and give excuses, but like, I, you know, I came in very much so. We're in, in a UK lockdown, you know. At that stage, I hadn't wrestled in six, seven, eight weeks, you know, to the point where like even after the like my feet my feet were all ripped up because I haven't been grappling in so long and, and Danny like you you know what I mean by that like like yes. anytime I mat my skin was just ripping I was so unconditioned. Um and I can't so I can't really give a, a true um uh, 
meaning of how good he is. But for me, he didn't feel unbeatable by any any means. I've grappled and wrestled better guys, and I know he didn't do too much, but his control didn't feel uh, phenomenal. He was definitely ahead of everything I'd done, but I, I think that was more a muscle memory thing than than different skill level. When Morano got me down in the in that fight, that was you know he was much stronger than 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 Shemaev ever was. That's for Interesting. sure. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So would you say that the Shemaev fight wasn't wasn't the toughest fight of your career? Then you'd say. Yeah, yeah, I'd be I'd be happy enough to say that. Like uh, again, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. It's just no, just no. even just by what you just said there. Like no, it sounds like. I, um, you know, I've been open about it before though. Like. Um, do I think Leon Edwards, for example, would have smashed Shemaev? Absolutely. Like, you know, I've like you know, I, I trained with Norman Park since I was fifteen. Like, and for me, like his grappling and wrestling is like beyond anything I've ever felt from Shemaev. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned Leon Edwards. Uh, I think he got a hit, and you talk about the UFC maybe disrespecting their fighters, Danny. Sometimes we've talked at length about the disrespect that's been shown to Leon Edwards on the whole by some parts of the media, by the UFC. Um, obviously, his fight did not go uh, as planned in terms of result. But before the unfortunate eye-poking uh, disqualification, he looked sharp and he looked good. And he has, takes me to the first bit of news I want to talk about. He is fighting uh, Diaz, uh, Nate Diaz. Uh, in a five-round co-main event, uh, I believe it's April, but it, it's not for the title or not for a title. Um, Danny, how do you feel about that fight, Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards? I, I, I hope it's like a financial gift for him in terms of getting paid decent money to fight someone like Diaz. You know, um, I, I think that's what that one's all about, to be honest. But if anyone deserves a title shot, to me, it's Leon. He's so, been waiting in the wings. What what do they expect this guy to do? I don't know. I, yeah. think they want, I think they want to see him fly with a cape on or something. I don't know. To me, he's the hottest prospect in that division right now. And uh, to me, he's number two, just yet to prove he's number one. But I, I have a feeling in my bones he's the, the best guy in that division right now. I think he's the number one in the world. I just think he's just got to have the opportunities to step in there um, to take that opportunity and then prove to everyone that, that that is the case. I, I just he impresses me every time he steps in there. His fight IQ seems to be on point. He's sharp. He makes good decisions. He doesn't ever look flustered. Uh, I mean, that Blau is one hell of a prospect in his own right. And such a pressure fighter, with great cardio. He was shutting him down. He was shutting him down. He was going in with his strikes at the right time, clinching up at the right time. Everything he was doing was really, really well. It's just a very, very unfortunate eye poke. It wasn't even an eye poke where he was defending anything. He was throwing a kick and he put his arm out to throw the kick. It's just yeah. extremely unfortunate. And, um, yeah, so, really gutting. It just seems to be, Leon Edwards seems to be surrounded by, you know, this shadow of misfortune all the time. Yeah, well, I've got one problem with this Nate Diaz. Well, two, technically, um, because I feel like Leon Edwards should be in a title fight. But my problem with the, the Nate Diaz fight specifically is of all the fighters in the UFC, um, how can I put this? Like the chances of Nate Diaz pulling out or being pulled out for a reason, I feel is quite high because this happened so many times for whatever reason. And like you say, Leon Edwards almost has this streak of 
being a bit unfortunate with fights being called off or not being able to get anyone to fight him. And I worry that this is going to get called off, at, you know, like a, a week before and Leon Edwards will be stuck without a fight again. Whereas, um, so Reese, I mean, what do you feel about what I just said? And also, how do you see that fight going between Diaz and uh, Edwards? Yeah, I think you're bang on, uh, especially with unfortunate for Leon Edwards, what he's kind of, you know, he's always weird circumstances and why has he not got the title shot? There's just a, a kind of like this cloud, a, a cloud over his career, which is so unfortunate because as you said, like he is the absolute man. He, he's, a, he's a real beast. Um, if the fight does go ahead, I can't see anything other than Leon Edwards running free him. Uh, I really, I think I really sat up and, and started to notice Leon Edwards when he ran through Gunnar Nelson the way he did. Like, yeah. if if anybody's ever heard anybody talk about Gunnar Nelson, it's how good he is, and the yeah. fact that Leon Edwards just was able to to shut him down to a ridiculous level is it just shows you how good he is. It's scary. Do you, do you think, um, Danny? Do you think Leon Edwards could stop? Nate Diaz. Leon Edwards is a heavy, heavy favourite, by the way, um, in the opening uh, odds. Like, Nate Diaz has proven, though, he can take a punch. And, I mean, I know he had the size advantage over McGregor, but McGregor never stopped him, and McGregor has got that stopping power, even though he was, you know, a bit technically fighting a weight up. Like, can Leon Edwards stop Nate Diaz, or do you see it going like a five-round you know, and I, I think Leon Edwards will win, even if it goes to five rounds. But, how, like, how do you see the actual fight going? I think the only possible way Nate Diaz can win the fight, really, is on cardio. If Leon Edwards, for whatever means, has a difficult weight cut or he um, was unable to train efficiently for the fight. Yeah. Seeing that he's never really shown that he gets particularly gassed himself and he makes good decisions at a good pace... He just gets so many things in order. I can't see anything like that happening. If anyone's going to be winning and stopping this fight, it's going to be Leon. Um, I think Leon's got the capabilities to to knock Nate out. Nate's got mileage on his clock now. And I love Nate yes. to bits. I love the way he fights. He's there to fight and throw down. He's not scared to grapple with scary grapplers. He's not scared to throw down with scary strikers. And um, he seems to have no respect for wrestlers whatsoever. He mm-hmm. doesn't seem to defend the takedowns too, too greatly. But he's comfortable anywhere it goes. And, and he will fight to the end. I have no doubts about that. But in my honest, honest opinion, without sounding disrespectful, Nate is not worthy to be in there with Leon, in my personal opinion. Uh, Leon sure. deserves the top, top world-class competitors to fight against. And and even that being said, I think always his next fight should have been that title shot. Yes. But like I say, I, I just think there's something that's been worked with the UFC to give him a little a bit of a, a pay event. Um, in regards to Nate, there's a lot more harder fights out there for him than Nate Diaz, to be honest. Nate, I think Nate, Nate Diaz is the money fight in some yeah, ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Nate's no doubt going to make a lot of money from it. It's going to create a big draw uh, for the UFC. So they'll be making their money out of it. And I hope it's lined in the pockets of Leon. And this will sit him a little sweet um, to wait in the wings a little bit longer uh, to get oh. his chance. I suppose it'll be Usman, yeah. Yeah, and so, by the way, like if Leon Edwards was, to, you know, to spark him out in a round, that's one hell of a, a thing on your resume, isn't it? To stop Nate Diaz in a round or two rounds or whatever. Um, Danny, just quickly, what did you make? Like, what do you think of the point I made in regards to Nate Diaz not having the reputation, but he's had quite a few fights called off and pull outs and and various different 
issues around fighting and with Leon Edwards' his unfortunate luck in the <laughs> yeah, UFC. Is that a worry? I to think about it. I, it, it is. I just, something I just don't want to say because I don't want to encourage anything to happen, even though I'm not, I'm not really of that mind in terms of, um, you know, believing in things like luck and bad luck and, and so on. Yeah, and so of course. Forth. But, but, you know, it's, it's, undoubt- it's, it's not a, like, it's not conspiracy I, theory. Nate Diaz no. has had issues. I have no doubt it's on everyone's mind. It's at the back of everyone's mind. There's no doubt about it. But I hope it does go ahead. I um, and I love both fighters to bits for the sake of Leon's career and for what I wish and hope for him. I just want to see the UK guy pick up that title. Um, let's get him running through Nate and then let's watch him take on Usman and, and knock him the hell out. And uh, let's get a change um, of hands on the belt. What I would like to think, mate, is that they've got a backup of some sort in case there's any issue with that fight. So if Nate Diaz does pull out for whatever reason... They've got a backup in place to just slide in there nicely, even if it's Reece about McKee. <laughs> Reece McKee, yeah. They'll call <laughs> Reese. They'll call <laughs> Reese on, on two, <laughs> two, two days' notice. That'd be a turn of event if I stepped in again. <laughs> um, I, actually, I would have liked to seen them, uh, Edwards and Masvidal, if anything. And, and, yes. and tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow's yeah to wait a bit longer I, you know he's the champ why not let him wait and Mazavadal and Edwards have their history so you know yeah. well, that, that fight should have been done a while ago shouldn't it Reese? yeah for sure for sure it should have like, been you know, be a banger as well that would oh, be yeah. a banger stylistically that would be a banger and you know what actually out of all the fights that Leon could potentially have whether it's Usman Diaz um, I actually think Masvidal would give him the most trouble out of the yeah. three of them because I think Leon Edwards goes through uh, Usman. I think Leon Edwards goes through Nate Diaz. He goes through Gilbert Burns. He goes through, oh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I think he would absolutely annihilate Shemaev. Like to me, Masvidal is the biggest challenge for him. So to have that as a number one contender's fight seems so like a right way to go. The division's scary. Oh, like, it's mental, isn't it? It's deep. Yeah, that's deep. Um, so moving on to the next story I wanted to talk about. Uh, Danny, friend of the show, and uh, mine, Paddy the Baddy Pimblet, in the worst kept secret ever, gone <laughs> to the UFC. Um, he, he kind of, he told us outright, didn't he, before his fight when he was on the show, he said, if I win, and I win well, I'm going to the UFC. It was no... You know, maybe we'll see what happens. He, he outright said that, um, and it was true. Uh, I don't think it's a massive surprise. Looks like they're going to push him though, because they UFC plastered him everywhere. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, you know, he's been on the cage warrior scene for such a long time, really has been, but he was in the sport for such a young age, he's still probably not even reached his peak physically yet. Um, so he'll be doing that in the UFCs. And I think it's all about timing. I think it's great timing. As long as we see the continuing improvements in his striking, his grappling is extremely good, as we've seen before. And uh, yeah, I think we're just going to see great things. And yeah, I think they're going to promote him. Um, I think hopefully they'll look after him a little bit and give him some kind introduction to UFCs. And let's watch this young kid's career unfold. I think he's going to be great on the mic. Um, you know, he's a little bit McGregor-esque um, in his 
I don't agree. Or approach. I mean, look, he don't talk no bullshit. He just says things how they really are to him. You know, he don't dress mm -hmm. nothing up. He says it how he sees it, and he sees himself as an unstoppable force. And he convinces me that he believes it. it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to take it all the way, but I just think that attitude could put, definitely put you in the in the mix to taking it all the way to the top. You, you've got to have belief in yourself, and he certainly has a lot of that. Yeah, for me, he had to go to the UFC because there was no, there's no lightweight outside of the UFC, which I think can touch him because uh, his all-round game is so good. Like, he can do mm -hmm. everything so well. Um, like, whenever I've spoken to Paddy, and particularly in the last sort of six months or so, mm -hmm. Like he has said, he's not interested in like those sort of warm up fights. He wants to go straight in and fight, the, you know, the ranked fighters and show mm. that, you know, he is that good. So it'll be interesting which which way they go. Will they give him, you know, one fight first, and then if he steams through it, give him what he wants, or will you know, as part of the negotiations, as he said, I you know, I don't want to mess about. I want to go straight in. It's going to be yeah. fascinating to watch. I expect him to be fighting pretty soon. I've got to be honest because, you know, that fight against David Martinez was over before it was even started. So he's, yeah. you know, he's going to be still in camp. He's, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't go straight into a, to some sort of fight. Um, Reese, I'm assuming you weren't surprised when Paddy went to the UFC, but uh, how do you think he will do in the UFC? Is he as good as we, we think? Yeah, well, I mean, I've been lucky enough to train with Paddy once, and uh, obviously his he's next gen Liverpool, and we're next gen uh, Northern Ireland. So we have a good relationship and stuff. And I messaged him and congratulate him. I think, you know, like as Danny said, uh, Paddy's ground is so is so high level. I can't see him not doing well in the UFC, uh, and I, I believe he's going to end at one forty five. Um, I right. believe he's uh, signed at one forty five. So. Um, I think I think he'll do fantastic. They'll love him on the mic. Um, you know, it just depends. Uh, like you know, I think he'll, as you said, he'll be straight into the firing line and some big big fights. One forty five. So yeah, that's, that's uh, what I, think. I, I think he knows that's where it's going to be at as well. That is. Uh, he, he did say he, he did. He did say he wasn't wasn't worried about doing the the lightweight. I think he was going to get some. Um, so, sorry, some did you say when? Did you say 135 or 145? Oh, 145. Yeah, so lightweight. That, yeah, he, yeah. He, he said he was going to seek some advice on whether it was viable for him. He was going to get his Didn't body checked. Or like a DEXA scanner and stuff like that? Or a... Yeah, that's right. Because obviously yeah. he, in Cage Warriors, when he was you know coming through as a teen, early 20s, he was the featherweight champion and he did look unstoppable then. Um, and he was unbeaten for a long time at featherweight. Um, which was when the McGregor uh, comparison started. Obviously, as he got older and filled out a bit more, he he moved up to the lightweight. Like for me, I think lightweight's probably better for him. You know, you guys would know better than me. Like featherweight seems like quite a big cut for where he is. And like you mentioned earlier, uh, Danny with Leon Edwards like a weight cut could a bad weight cut can be the difference between you know a f winning a fight and losing a fight over a five rounder yeah with someone like nate nate, nate will just pour onto you. it's like a, a leak if you don't address the leak it'll start to turn to a pour and it'll get worse and worse before you know it, you've got a waterfall of 
techniques coming at you. This guy punches in bunches. He's, you know, he does all these triathlons, you know, out yeah. of any fight man. This, this guy is obviously incredibly well kept physically, even though not the strongest dude I went to thought at, at any given weight. And, you know, Nate would never claim to be the strongest guy, but sure. he is someone that if you allow him to run away with the pace, he will. Yeah. If you were the, uh, Paddy's coach, advisor, would you be looking at featherweight or lightweight? Okay, I, I would. He seems that look, he's got a much more mature head on his shoulders. That's something that really impressed me. You know, although he's got this brash personality, it was done in a classy, mature way this time around. I think sometimes when we've heard him in the past, we'd see him as a cocky kid. But this mm. guy's developed into a young man. He seems to have things, you know, in order in terms of he's going to seek advice, you know, to try and get his body tested to see what's viable for him. And he'll choose that decision um, through, through through that result, I suppose you would say. Yeah. So, you know, this guy is going to seek advice in the right ways and that's exactly how you should be doing things i think he's going to be woefully effective whichever division he chooses to do but it's going to be down on that interesting i like it um we had a question sent in so i'm going to put it to reese first uh gaz said uh with uh paddy pimblet signing for lightweight do we ever get the uk stroke island dream fight of conor mcgregor versus paddy the Paddy pimblet before Conor McGregor retires. Reese, do we ever see that fight, do you think? Never see that fight. <laughs> Never. I think by the time Paddy gets to that level, yeah. Conor will probably be gone. Yeah. But I think I, I don't even understand why Conor's fighting Dustin again, if I'm being honest. Oh, I think yeah, yeah, much more of a risk. Uh, I think that's do you think that's a pride thing, Reese, that he didn't you know, he yeah, lost but, that fight and he feels like he yeah. needs to redeem himself. I think there's ego there um and i i'm a big mcgregor fan but i think there's a lot of ego and uh ego will get any man hurt so um yeah. i just don't know i think i think justin has more tools that he hasn't even used yet where mcgregor doesn't if that makes sense yeah mm. that makes, uh, yeah i can understand that what about you danny do you think we ever see pimblet uh, mcgregor ever i love they just just Matt, would just miss it I'd want to see it just for the build-up. Can you imagine these two yeah, going at it on the mic? It'll be like one of those rap fights. I think they'll both be great on the mic, facing up to each other. If I could see that, that'd be awesome. Not only would the fight itself be incredibly good, um, I, I just think, like I say, the build-up would just be phenomenal between them. It'd be both comical, real, um, violent, if you will. I don't know, but I think it would create a lot of attention. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I think... Uh, for me, the only way it could happen is if if Paddy was to go in there and go on like a a very quick tear through the lightweight division. Like I'm talking, if they were to give him like uh, someone just outside the rankings, he beats them, and then he wins three, four fights against rank fighters in quick succession and looks dominant. That's the only way I could ever see it happening. And then they do a UFC London fight. Because obviously McGregor, I think, is ranked, I think, six or seven in the lightweight division. So mm. if if he, you know, that's the only way I could see it is, um, so yeah, so McGregor's sixth. So like you're talking, Paddy the Paddy Pimblet would have to make, you know, he'd have to beat a few ranked fighters very quickly, I think, is the only way you could see it. Mm. I'd love, love to see it, though. Love to see it. Um, Okay. Uh, next, I want to talk about is uh, Brett Johns announced his Bellator debut. 
Danny, obviously we've had Brett on a few times. Um, we've been itching for this uh, this debut uh, from him because it was obviously it was a decision which we've talked about a lot. Uh, we talked to him about it as well, uh, him leaving the UFC and not re-signing and deciding that uh, going to Bellator was the way for him. Obviously, there was some surprise within you know the MMA world and stuff like that. Are you uh, looking forward to seeing Brett make his debut? Absolutely. Yeah, I think he's going to be very, very successful over there. And um, there's a couple of good people in the division, but there's many, many that he'll display his full repertoire of attacks. And um, I think, yeah, I think he's going to run through a fair few of them. And um, I think he'll be getting an opportunity very, very quickly in his career in Bellator. Yeah, I'm not massively familiar with uh, his uh bantamweight opponent is Matthias Matos who's got a record of 12 2 and 1 um do you know anything about him Ed? not a great deal to be honest uh, but Bellator have got that pull that as soon as you start sort of pushing out of the main 10 rankings they're kind of a bit of an unknown oddity unless you sort of like specifically research them um you know I am going to research his opponent a little bit you know now we know yeah. he's got I will look into it yeah, he uh, he fought uh, Magmed Magmedov uh, on Bellator 254 in the co-main event. He was out grappled over three rounds, which right. Brett Johns is very very good at grappling. So yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm just excited to see. I'm a bit disappointed that it's not until May the 24th uh, 21st, but uh, I'm very excited to see Brett make his Bellator debut. Um, we yeah. talked. And he, when we talked to him, he said he's not interested in you know building himself up. But he wants to go straight in and get yeah. get some heads from the rankings. Yeah, um, but he's he's touching in his thirty. Is he? In his no, 30s? no, he's not that quite. He's not that quite that old. I will check now. But um, Reese, what um, like what do you think about Brett and his, his debut? Is going to Bellator, etc. Um, yeah. And as you said, I think it shocked the whole um, the MMA world. Um, but like, props him for doing what's best for him, his family, and uh, and his future. Like you know, he again, I think it's another thing of he he was able to brush his ego aside and realize what was what was best for him. So, uh, Brett's a great player. Twenty nine. Twenty nine years. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He. Um, I knew it was close. But it goes back to what we were saying earlier, Reese. I do feel a bit like he was disrespected by UFC as well. He, he had come back from a long-term layoff. Uh, he was on a three-fight, I think, or a two-fight win streak. But the point being, he's only lost two fights in the UFC. And both of those fighters are in the top three of the division now. And it's like, I'm not really sure what what you want, what more you want him to do. Like, he fought them when he was a lot younger. He's beaten everyone else you've put in his way. He's come back from a long layoff and beaten uh, a very good wrestler in Gravely. Then he's beaten, uh, I forget his name, you know, very comfortably with him. And he's had some really nice uh, finishes as, along the way as well. Some really interesting. I think he had like a, he won a fight with a calf slicer. Um, you know, I don't you know. I felt like he was a bit disrespected. Maybe that's because he's a friend. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't disagree, but um, well, he's going to get paid now, so <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and and that's it, isn't it? It's about looking after your family and um, doing what's best for them. So can't fault him whatsoever. Danny, last bit of news I want to discuss before we dig into uh, into Reese and ask him some questions, put him under pressure. 
uh, so to speak. I want to ask you, uh, Jake Hadley put a tweet up uh, yesterday or the day before, and it simply said, thanks for the belts. And that's it. To me, that says, thanks for the belts, I'm off. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him go to the UFC whatsoever. But um, what do you make of that tweet, Danny? Do you think uh, well, that could be a sign he's on his way? Yeah, it seems... Oh, that actually, so to clarify, it wasn't just thanks for the belts. He said, thanks for the belts, catch you later. Yeah, I mean, so, clearly, that, that seems that he's got some sort of news that he's going to be heading off somewhere. So. <laughs> Say again, so, sorry, Reese, I didn't catch that then. It could have been the April Fools. <laughs> Was it? Uh, uh, yeah. Hey, you know what? That I'll have a look what the date is. Was it? Uh, yeah, well, it was on April the first. No, oh, but it was a happy sports. It doesn't count. Doesn't count. Not everybody came. Yeah, that's it, mate. But um, I hope he is. Thank yeah. you. I hope he is. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, for just for yeah. interesting dynamic. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got he's got two two belts. But he's holding on to it. so what you know he, he deserves to move on absolutely sure. deserves it. and let's be honest mate there isn't a flyweight in um anywhere outside of ufc which could maybe luke mate i think is probably the only one which i think yeah. has got any chance and unfortunately i know he's your uh obviously a former student of yours um like the way the first fight went luke's probably gonna have to beat someone else first before he gets that rematch and, it would make sense for him to have to do that, you know. And and look, I want, I would like to see Luke get that shot a rematch again. I, I like Luke a lot, um, but Jake was so so dominant, and uh, and Luke made some errors, got a bit, made it a bit emotional and a bit personal, and and made some errors. But for me, similar to Paddy Pimblett, Jake Hadley should probably be in the UFC. Um, yeah. And boy, there's some flyweights for him to battle there. This uh, some, and this I'm so excited because I look at um, these UK guys going across, and um, we're going to talk about Jack Shaw in a minute or in a bit. Um, we got Jack in the bantamweight division. You've got Jake Hadley maybe going into that flyweight division. You've got um, Paddy going into the lightweight division. You've got um, Modestus already there. You've got Leon Edwards, the Darren Tills fighting, I think, next week as well. That's, I think Darren Tills actually the main event. So there's 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 a whole host of UK fighters just coming up into the UFC now, which is exciting, exciting stuff. Um, right then, uh, Reese, let's uh, let's ask you some questions and uh, focus on you a bit. Let's start at the start, I suppose. Where? How did you get into MMA first of all? Um kind of boring story i was playing football and uh it was pre-season fitness uh, i just needed something to do while football was off um and me and my brother went to an mma gym and you know as i think everybody finds out at the time you realize you can't fight so um you know that kind of, i suppose it scared me a bit and and it was addictive and um yeah so that's that's it and here we are i think near 10 years later almost 10 years so been crazy wow. So with that, were you good at football? No, I, I was no, I wasn't great at football at all. Um, so uh, considering how bad I was at MMA at the start, like it shows you how bad I was at football that I was able to swap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, 
yeah, I, I'd done a lot of sitting on the bench waiting to come on, and um, but okay, it was good, it was good times. Does um, does your brother uh, still do MMA now? No, no, he doesn't. No. Uh, you know, I think I think sometimes he maybe kicks himself that he, you know, when he when he sees what I've done in my career and stuff, and uh, maybe he he wonders what. But he has a different life. He has kids and a wife, and yeah, um, so, you know, he's happy in different ways. <laughs> what um, like what are your your plans now? Also, you've you were in Cage Warriors. You've gone to UFC. What's the what's the what's the aims long term for you? Would you yeah. like to get back to the UFC and make a point? Or? Yeah, for sure. For you know, um, if I didn't want to get back to the UFC, you know, we wouldn't be doing this interview. I'd, I'd be totally finished. Um, but I do. You know, I, I know I haven't. I haven't shown anything near what I can do. So at the minute, I'm on a development kind of kind of stage in my career where, you know, I, I want to fight soon. I really do. But uh, I, more of all, I want to improve. You know, the the way I act in the Morano fight showed an immaturity on my on my skill set and. You know, I wasn't able to reassess during the fight and stuff. So I have a lot of work to do, and uh, I know, I know, by the time I get back to the UFC, I'll be a whole different beast. And um, you know, I think right now I'm seeing the long game, although it maybe sounds weird uh, that I'm taking a backward step. Mm. What um, in terms of your next fight? Uh, have you got sort of anything in the in the pipeline at the moment, or is it a bit of a more of a waiting? waiting game i know maybe you can't say you know i've got a fight with this person but no it's not about that it's um you know obviously i'm managed by graham boylan and um i had a great career with cage warriors so i can imagine when i do fight it'll be with cage warriors again again i want to go straight back to the ufc i'm not looking for these for these money fights and stuff like that to go get paid and I, I still see uh the ufc as my career um so i can imagine it will be with cage warriors if it's in june I'm not too sure, or towards the end of the year, I'm not really sure. But uh, you know, I can imagine I can imagine it'll be Cage Warriors. I can't I can't see where else they'd fight. Yeah, and then um, you mentioned your next gen in Northern Ireland. Um, how did sort of you was that the gym that you went to when you were first went there as a kid, or have you kind of progressed yeah. there? Yeah, I grew up in that gym since I was uh, yeah 16. Um, done the beginner program moved to the adult class at the time when I was a kid, um, you know, started sparring all the guys. And, yeah, that's, I've been there since day one, and uh, it's, it's amazing. Who's the uh, who's the coaches then at the at Next Gen Northern Ireland? Yeah, so at the start there was a few coaches, but now it's it, – or at the, start, at the start there was a few more. Now Rodney Moore is kind of the head coach of us guys. Um, you know, any, like Rodney's a, an OG of the, the MMA scene and – uh, you know, a great coach and uh, bags of experience. So yeah, Rodney runs runs the wrist in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Is um, any any young fighters that we should uh, or up and coming fighters in your gym that we should keep an eye out for over the next year or so? Yeah, the, the, there's a few. You know, there's there's a lot of beasts in that gym. Uh, you know, like two of my main sparring partners uh, from my last fight were guys that haven't actually competed in MMA yet, like, but they were like boxers and kickboxers, but they're now transitioning. So there's a, a young guy, Bradley Rice, and uh, and a young guy, Corey. Uh, these two guys are are going to be beasts. Um, you know, again, they haven't had any MMA experience, but for eight weeks, um, they beat me up. And the name Skeletor, I'm always curious how people pick up these these nicknames. What do you do, collect buns or something? How did this mm-hmm. one come about? So, 
<laughs> when I started on MMA, uh, I fought at 57 kilos, so I was flyweight, and then I moved oh, wow. up to 60, I moved up to 61. But when I was when I when I made 61, I was only probably walking about at 65 kilo. But when I made 61, like I was so skinny because I've always been tall, and um, I just got the nickname Skeletor, and it's always stuck. So even now, as I'm moving up the weight groups. When I stand on the scale, I always look like a Skeletor. So <laughs> I was going to say, like, how tall are you? Because you you're a, you must be quite tall for a flyweight. Although back then, obviously, I was you know I must have been probably five eleven or five ten, five eleven. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I'm six three now on a Monday. <laughs> what's um, what's your dream fight, Grace? If you could, uh, like, pick your first main event that you'd fight in the UFC, um, doesn't that like past, present, or future fighter, who would you like to uh, go up against? Well, I, I always like to pick kind of current, you know, because for me it's it's, it's kind of real. Um, I mean, dream fight would, would have to be Usman because he's the champ, you know, um, as much as I, I think he's class. If, if you want a more entertaining answer, then I'd probably say Nick Diaz because he's just, I just think he's he's the best thing since, since sliced bread. So mm-hmm. I'd like to say so does that mean you'd like to see the McGregor Diaz trilogy fight at some point? Yeah, I think I think yes and no. No, because I'm kind of bored of the whole storyline. <laughs> but yeah. yes, because I I mean, who doesn't want to anything listen, any anybody McGregor fights will will be a massive fight. So uh the fact that Diaz can stick it there with him, yeah, hundred percent. Um Danny, was there anything else you wanted to put to uh Reese before I ask him some really like weird and pointless questions like I always do. Well, look, you know, I just want to say I'm really happy to hear that you're, you know, um, looking not so much to take a step back, but to continue to grow your game, knowing that there's some some areas that you felt you had to, to work on. I, I agree. I think some of your decision-making in the last performance you had, it was actually really frustrating watching. I felt like you're over-traded in the pocket when you when you can fight better long. I think you could have picked this guy apart at range. I think you have that 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 striking critique and that particular style to beat Morono um, when you fought him. He just stayed in the pocket a step yeah. too long and over-traded. I think maybe to try to in, in, impress, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I'm really glad that you're going back to scratch, to try to get yourself some more skills in your game, try and teach yourself to make decisions um, in between rounds or actually in the round itself, which is really, really important in the UFC. If you're doing something wrong, you need to be able to put something right again to stand a chance of pulling back the fight. Um, you know, because you are just 25 years old. You know, to me, you're full of potential. I don't think you're even at your physical peak yet, being just 25 years old. I think that more comes in your later 20s. So I'm glad you're sticking in there. Um, how many fights do you anticipate to have before you go back into UFC? You know, how many fights do you surmise it will take for you to put the skill sets to right and your strategies to rights to go back into UFC and then be effective? Yeah, well, first of all, I totally, totally agree with what, what you said. And I, I suppose what threw me off so much was uh, we trained for Morano to come out and do what I'd done, to come out, you know, uh, crazy gunslinging, ready to fight. And, and when he didn't, he sat back and I and he, he, he done what I was meant to do. And, right. and I, remember I didn't have the experience to deal with that decision. So I just decided, right, well, I'm going to fight you. Um, and, you know, and you'll have seen many experienced fighters in your day, like, you can really feel the experience of some of these experienced guys. And like, I remember being there looking at him being like, he has my number here, like because of his, because of his experience, he was just watching me miss. Um, 
you know, as for the as for the how many fights do I think it takes, I do have it now. I have the skills to to be in the maybe I not agree. the skills, but like I have the I I have the foundations and the base work already done. The problem was in the heat of the situation, I didn't do it. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I I realistically only think two fights. Uh, two good fights. Uh, we look, look like you know. Look at Paddy. Paddy only won two fights, and he was back in the UFC. Um, I think two fights against strong level opponents, uh, with where I'm test a bit of adversity, and just to show how much I've grown, and, and I'll be signed in a heartbeat. You know, I was released on a development basis. I wasn't released and said go have a nice career. It was like just go tailor what you have. We want you back, but you just need a few wins. Where where Graham said most people that are cut are told. Go have a nice career and all the best, yeah. you know. So I take something on that. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think UFC is definitely where you're at, um, and I, and I think yeah, two fights get two good performances. Um, I'm sure we'll be seeing you back there, and I'll be really excited to to follow your progression um, and also your development with your skills because you are just a young lad. You know, of course you've got to pick up more skills. But like I say, you know, I can't reiterate enough. You are still really young physically. So you will develop and become stronger. And obviously, being in MMA, the length of time it's going to be by the time you're going to go back into UFC, you would have matured somewhat as well in terms of your strategy thinking and your adjustments you know, on the job, so to speak. Um, yeah. We're always going to be watching your career closely. I have watched your career closely um, ever since you fought one of our lads, Jefferson George. Um, you, you knocked him down with a jab. And again, you kept the, the game rangy, which is what I would have loved to have seen um, when you fought Morano, but it, you know, it just wasn't what to be. I, I hated that fight with Jefferson because Jefferson was one of them, them like real tricky guys. Where like you know, I remember fight day being like, I don't know how he's going to come out because sometimes he spins yeah. and sometimes like, yeah, I, I really I, I didn't like that fight a lot, but uh, um, that's why I was kind of like, I, I play rangy when I when I'm a tricky guy and I'm I'm not yeah. not scared, but I'm very wary of what they're going to do and. You know, I, I absolutely think that's kind of my best skill set. So, um, but like, you know, I know Cage Warriors are some interesting guys coming up through. Uh, I, I don't think they've signed them yet, but like, not to speak out of turn against Cage Warriors, but it needs to be the right fight for me and it needs to be something to, to excite me. So I'm hoping to see who they bring in is going to be them guys because I'm not, and this is another thing, and I'm going, on, going off on a bit of a tangent. I could go into Cage Warriors now and beat any, like, any two guys. And get signed again, but it, there's no point in me doing that because there's no development there for me. I'm looking to develop, fight guys that are legit wins, and then go back. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And you know, if I could give any advice, if it's worth anything to you, what I would love to see. Look, you're really tall at the weight. You're rangy. I would love, no matter who you fight up against. It's just trying to sit behind a jab at first and learn to assess what you're up against. You've already said before you was expecting your opponent to do a certain something and he didn't. He was trying to adjust and perhaps do something a bit different on the job. You always got to be prepared to to change something on the job. And you do that by analysing who and what you're up against. And who and what you're up against isn't necessarily what they did in the past. It's always what they're going to be doing on the day. And so I think if I could see you sit behind your, your length and your range, which I think is where you're at your best, you're going to start assessing their intentions and then you can adjust your, your game plan there. Um, you know, Even if it's just for a minute, a minute and a half, I think you've got the range 
to be able to figure someone out in that first round. A little bit like what tie boxers do. They sort of like go through the motions, don't they? And then they start picking up on what they've assessed in the second and third round. I think you have that physicality advantage over most people where you can assess how you want to go about the fight by just sticking on the outside, getting ahead, staying ahead, and then making adjustments for you know for there on out. But um, yeah, let's let's you know watch your career closely. I can't wait to see you get back on winning ways. Um, I have no doubts in my mind that you're going to knock up another two or three wins and be heading back uh, over to UFC. And this time around, being a more mature Reese McKee, a more experienced Reese McKee, and uh, knock up the results in UFC where you belong. Yeah, appreciate it, mate. Appreciate it. 100%, yeah. mate. Um, okay, a couple of quick questions, Reese, and then we'll get your predictions for next week's UFC, and then uh, we'll let you go. But... Um, First and foremost, what's your favourite uh, entrance music to enter the, the cage to? Um, I like, um, I always use Post Malone. Uh, yeah, I always use Post Malone. I've been using that, well, the last nine, eight or nine fights anyway. So uh, Post Malone is where it's at. Any particular song? Right? Um, I use Congratulations for a long time. Uh, I even got it tattooed. Um, but... Yeah, just kind of, kind of whatever I'm feeling, and the kind of eight weeks, eight twelve weeks prior. <laughs> Sweet, and um, also, uh, who do you think will be the next British UFC champion if you were not allowed to pick Leon Edwards? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be controversial. I, I don't know. I don't know if Leon Edwards would beat Usman, and, and I, I, I do want them to. Uh, I just think Usman's that good as well. But again, that's just me starting an argument. Mm. Uh, I think, <laughs> you know, I think, I actually think Arnold Allen could be the guy if he had the chance. Uh, but I think it will be the heavyweight. Uh, is it Tom? Tom Aspinall. Aspinall, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I would like to see him versus Ngannou. I got to be honest. That would oh, be a fight and a half. Mm. I mean, obviously, what I love about Aspinall is, like, I heard him say something in an interview, like, you know, it's too soon for some of this stuff. And I think, like, maybe similar to what I'm saying now, like, and so I'm going to blow my blow my own head up. But, like, I like when I hear, like, fighters that, like, I'm not the best in the world. I'm not the best. I'm not the best in Europe or or wherever, you know, um, and I think it's very, very real to hear a fighter say that, and Aspinall said he isn't, he's not that level yet, and um, I think that'll stand by him for years. Yeah, I don't think, um, I don't think he's miles away, but he's, there's work to be done, I yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, and uh, let's have a look, what else could we see? Um, there was one other question I was going to ask you, and I can't find it. Right, okay. Um Do you think uh, Conor McGregor will beat Dustin Poirier in the trilogy fight? Well, I meant to, I meant to say McGregor, aren't I? But um, no, I think I think so. This is what I meant when I said earlier. I mean, in the first fight, McGregor done what he done. He, stru- he outstruck him. Then in the second fight, Poirier or Poirier outstruck McGregor. Where I think in the third fight we'll see Dustin wrestle. Um, you know, I don't. I think McGregor can only beat him in a striking match. I don't think he can out wrestle him. So mm-hmm. I think Poirier has two options. Where McGregor, again, he's he's one of the greatest of all time. He, he like he's he is where he is. I'm not saying he's bad, but I think uh, Poirier has two two options where McGregor has one. 
Interesting, interesting. Um, and then to finish us off now, we're going to do our predictions for next week's UFC. I've, uh, I don't know whether I've imagined it. I thought Darren Till was fighting next week. Say again, sorry, mate. He broke, he broke his collarbone, I believe. Ah, yeah, he's out. That's what it is then. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He, I thought he was fighting Vittori because I've talked to Richard about it last week. But uh, yeah, Kevin, Kevin Holland has uh, stepped in. So he's broken his collarbone, has he? Oh, he hasn't yeah. had much luck. And Darren Till as well. Um, we're talking about uh, fighters having a bit of bad luck. Like he has had some bad luck. Um, okay. So some really, really interesting fights next week. Not going to go through all of them. I'm just going to pick a couple. But uh, one to open the main card. Platinum Mike Perry faces Daniel Rodriguez in a welterweight bout. Uh, who you got there, Reese? Um, yeah, it's an interesting fight. That's who Nicholas Dalby beat. Um, I believe I, I'll go with Mike Perry, but it depends what Mike has he been training? Is he with his girlfriend? Yeah, you never know, you never know with Mike Perry. No, it's a fight I would love. Um, I'd love to fight Mike Perry, but I think I'll go with Mike Perry in the assumption that he's training and his pregnant girlfriend isn't in his corner. Was it last week? Was it his last fight <laughs> yeah. when he turned up and got gassed within like 60 seconds? Oh. And yeah, yeah. it was his last one or his one before, but there was a fight and he turned up with just his girlfriend in his corner. It's just fought, fought for like 60 seconds, looked like he had never fought before in terms of his fitness and just blew out completely. It's hard because he's really good and he's really high level and you see him cracking the pads on a good day. And like, I mean, if he hits anybody, they're going to sleep. But um, mm. I think he needs to maybe get his life in check. And I'm not yeah. giving Mike a life lesson, but like, I mean... It doesn't, it's, it's a weird just, one though, isn't it? Because like he's clearly he's got quite a big following as well, so he's quite well known for good or bad, and he's a very skilled fighter. He's got power, but for whatever reason, he can't seem to get everything in line to really push on in his fight career. Like for yeah. me, if he got everything in the right order and training, training right, eating right, everything was calm and outside of the cage. Like he's a top top ten fighter, top five fighter in that division. Yeah. Definitely. But it's trying to get it in order. Do you got uh, the platinum one, uh, Danny, or, or are you going no, with Daniel? I'm gonna go with, I'll go Rodriguez on this one, <clears throat> just because Mike Perry is just so unpredictable, and 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 yeah, I do agree that he, he's skillful, but he he doesn't fight behind his skills. If you know what I mean, he, he just wants to always get in a big fracas and turn it into a big. Mess fest. That's um, in and out of the cage, mate, as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah it does, doesn't strategize for me. And um, Rodriguez carries enough experience that if he plays his cards right, will work around, you know, getting into a slugfest and yeah, sure. uh, do the martial art thing. He'll use skill sets alone and strategy to, to win uh, against Mike Perry. Yeah, I just think if you're going to be smart against Mike Perry, you get the win. You can kind of like, sit back and wait for him to you know present the opportunity to to win against him and uh, i think rodriguez will be smart enough man to do that yeah i am um, i'm leaning towards rodriguez as well he's got a big uh, height advantage got a massive reach advantage leg reach advantage he's, if he can stay out of the pocket i think rodriguez will pick up the win either on decision or he'll just bust him up from a distance but if perry gets in that pocket He's got the power, to, be, yeah, it's got the power to finish it, haven't he? So yeah. it kind of is what it is. Um, 
my sleeper fight of the week, mate, is the women's uh, the women's fight. Uh, is a strawweight bout between uh, Nina Anseroff and Mackenzie Dern, uh, ranked. Uh, Anseroff is ranked five, and Mackenzie Dern ranked eleven. Uh, I this is my sleeper fight recommendation for the week. I think it's going to be a banger. Uh, Danny, you go first. Who you got in this one? Uh, Mackenzie Dern. I, I just I find it hard Oof. to. Going. I just think she's going to do. She's really impressed me with uh, uh, striking improvements, and on the ground, she's second to none. Really is. So I just think she's got more ways to win. Yeah, she's uh, she's nine and one. She's uh, a little bit shorter. She got. She's losing a bit in reach, but um, like you say, she's been very impressive. Yeah. Um But Ansarov is ranked five for a reason, yeah. and it'll be uh, interesting. What? Uh, who you got for that one, Reese? Yeah, I'm going Mackenzie Dern as well. Um, yeah, I just think, I think as 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 Danny says, she's always improving. She's always adding, and um, yeah, I, I don't think she's in too much trouble for some reason. Just for the uh, for the sake of of competition, I'll go with Nina Ansarov. Uh, um, then we've got a, a middleweight bout between Sam Alvey and uh, Julian Marquez. Um, which is a very, very uh, interesting bout because they are pretty well matched in skills. But um, Sam Alvey has got a big, big reach advantage of nearly four inches. Um, mm. Reese, you can go first on this one. Who you got? Yeah, you know, Sam Alvey, he's, he's, he's been about the block. Um, and as you said, he's a, he's a big, big guy. So I think, I don't know as much about Julia Marquez. I like I don't. I, I'm not as researched as much, but when six seventy-five percent of his fights via TKO or KO, he's got, the, a ra- got a record of uh, eight and two. So then he come through the contender. Uh, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Sam Alvey off experience, um, but you know I wouldn't be surprised if it if it went either way. What about you, Dan? Yeah, this is a tricky one because you, you say about them being well matched, but the big discrepancy in them is obviously the reach advantage one that you mentioned, and yeah, the experience difference. Um, can somehow use that experience uh, and, and Marquez trip up, you know, with the occasion? Um, I, I, I'm going to go Marquez, but I'm, I'm I'm really not sure how this one's going to go down. But uh, yeah. We yeah, so um, Marquez won. Uh, he won a fight night versus uh, Stewart by submission. Then he lost to uh, to Chirico uh, mm. on uh, the Ultimate Fighter finale uh, via a decision, and then he lost. Uh, sorry, he won against Pitolo uh, via submission on UFC two five eight. So, yeah. a bit of a mixed bag, but. Yeah, I'm gonna. Who did you say, Dan? You went with. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Marquez. I just, yeah, as long as he's put the the wrongs right that he had when he got those those losses, he's definitely showing a lot of potential. And um, yeah, he might have a little bit too much spark for Alvi. You know, Alvi's lying the tooth in this sport, and I, I don't is, know. Yeah. You know, he's, he's um, maybe a bit sleepy as he comes out. I don't know. He's got to make that range count very very early on. And um, it's sort of like got to get to work, but sometimes you've got to wonder what their motivations are being in there for so many fights like he has. And I don't know whether Marquez will be too much of a firecracker for him. 
got well over 35 to 70, uh, Sam Alvey. That's a lot of uh, a lot of miles on the clock. Um, we have a middleweight bout between Kyle Ducasse and uh, Alexiab Kryazev. Let's say we'll go with that. Kryazev versus Kyle Ducasse at middleweight. That could be a real good fight. Right, how do you pick between these two? Well, Kryazev's well, so only 1-0, um, yeah. which uh, you know is interesting. Fairly inexperienced in the UFC, but mm. if I remember off the top of my head, and I am good off the top of my head, his his one was uh, an impressive one. But Carl mm. is nine and one, pretty experienced now. Be interesting. Uh, I can't remember who went first. Danny, I think it's your turn to go first. Yeah, I'm going to go for that because I already have Yeah, I'm just going to go with him because he's on beer. And uh, but them two. Uh, it's going to be really hard to pick between them, and uh, but yeah, he's unbeaten. Let's let's go with him. The unknown. Yeah. yeah. Um. What about uh, what about you, Reese? Yeah. Well, I'm going to split the pot this time. Then I'm going to go add uh, the Sackers. Um. Yeah, I'm going to split the pot. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll go. I think I'm going to go with Cryazev. Uh, oh, I think I'll go with just because I think uh, yeah, he's the unknown. Um, the fight I'm really looking forward to is the co-main event featherweight bout between a friend of the show, recent guest Arnold Allen versus Sadiq Youssef uh, ranked 11 versus ranked 10 this could be uh, yeah. this, this one could steal the show I think Yeah, uh, Reece, yeah. you get to go first this time mate um, I'm going with Arnold Allen absolutely but um, super high level like um, it's one of them fights. Like, like a loss is gonna. It's not gonna put each other back too much, but you kind of don't want to see them lose because they could both be there at the top. Um, like yeah. this of a of a the quality of a title fight, but um, Arnold Dahlen's so good. So uh, I'm definitely going with Arnold Dahlen on this one. Yeah, I would like to see a nice, uh, impressive performance from Arnold because um, feels like forever since he fought. We just check yeah. actually, but it's. Um, Really looking forward to seeing him go. He's itching from what he said to me and Danny on when he was a guest. So, yeah, he hasn't fought since January last year when he beat uh, Lentz on the decision. So, Danny, uh, you got him with Arnold Allen in this one, or do you see his uh, opponent yeah, yeah, you can't giving him the trouble? Him. Yeah, I'm going to go Arnold Allen. Although, Yusuf, you know, he's good, man. Very, very he is good. good. But, yeah. Uh, from you know the conversation we have about Adam, that I feel like he's doing all the right things within his training. Seems pretty, pretty damn intelligent, smart guy, and so I'm assuming as well. So so laid back and can't really surprise me about how he was. Um, but yeah, he impressed some impressive training partners as well. Haven't yeah, he? exactly. So you know that that time that he's um, had off from fighting has been put into advancing his skill set. You know, he, he's talking about the talent pool of people that he's training with. And um, I just think we're going to see a, a better Arnold Allen than we've ever seen before. And he's already done absolutely fantastic. I just think he's going to continue on that sort of like path with, of success. And I think he's going to notch up the win against Yusuf. I think he'll end up tiring Yusuf out. I think it's, it's going to be very technical. It's going to be explosive. But I think Arnold Allen's going to be the one that will continue to push through and get it to the finish line. And I just think Yusef will end up beginning to foul in that third round. 
Interesting, mate. Interesting. Um, so fresh off his loss to uh, Derek Brunson, uh, Kevin Holland has stepped in for the main event. He stepped in for Darren Taylor's broken collarbone, as we discussed, to face Marvin Vittori, the Italian dream, ranked six versus ranked four in the main event. Danny, who is going to win this? I'm going to go Vittori. Really impress me. The last time that he fought really did impress me. And Kevin Holland just left me baffled in his last performance. I, I was, it was bizarre. That's I love a nice Kevin way to put it. Yeah, I, mean, I love the guy to bits. I think it's so great when they bring these their personalities into the match. But that's like, that was too far. That was too much. That was baffling, absolutely baffling to me. Um, has anyone heard an interview or anything about, has is, is, is he answered any questions about what his performance was all I about? Have, I haven't Does seen that? anything, mate, I've got to be because, honest. Um, I mean, clearly he's, he's a bit of a strange, strange chap anyway, but that was just absolutely nuts. And if you do that with someone like Vittori, oh, he's going to come at you with punches. He's going to knock you the hell out. So I don't know. Kevin Holland, if he plays it smart, he could play on the outside of Vittori and get Vittori missing a lot. And then he's got the power to, to, to break Vittori down. But I, we, I just don't think Kevin Holland's got a state of mind to strategize. So yeah. I'm going to have to go Vittori on it. Yes, indeed, yeah. mate. What, uh, what about you, Reese? Like, uh, you know, Kevin Holland is the guy, in my opinion, like, he doesn't look as good as he probably is. Like, the fact that he beat Jack mm. Ray, like, is ridiculous. So, like, in my opinion, he had no business beating Jack Ray, had no business fighting him. So I think this might be the one he wins, like the ones he's kind of not meant to win on the short notice. Um, you know, I, th- I think I think I'm going to go with uh, Kevin Holland. But as for how he got how he acted in his last fight, like that stuff is only funny and uh, of purpose when you're winning. Uh, you know, it's not funny when you're losing. Or yeah, totally agreed. Find it so yeah. strange that that's how he acted while he was losing a fight. Yes, indeed. I'm going to go with uh, Vittori as well. I, I um, Holland's too temperamental for me in terms of you just don't know who's what, what which which version of him is going to turn up. Uh, I feel like Marvin Vittori is um, not a fighter where you can have any doubt in terms of who's going to turn, what version of you is going to turn up because he will take you apart. Just for me, but yeah. uh, it's all about opinions. Uh, Reese, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Really, really enjoyed chatting to you. And um, you're obviously you are welcome back anytime, mate. Maybe when you've got some fight news, you can shoot your text and you can come on and we can have a chat about that and stuff. But um, yeah, thank you very much for joining us, mate. Really appreciate it. I will uh, I'll link Reese's uh, social media accounts and everything in uh, the description below. But uh, Danny, another top guest. Yeah, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure talking with you. Again, you're another chap that I've seen on the circuit uh, a lot, but you know, you're know you nearly always getting ready to fight yourself, so I've never come over and introduced myself or anything. I'll leave you to it. Um, but just when you get your next couple of wins, you know, just give me a little mention and say, oh, you know, I've got these wins because of the advice Danny gave me on a podcast. <laughs> and I really appreciate that. I'm sure I'll see you on the circuit soon anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but good luck, Reese. You know, we're watching your career really close and I'm sure you've got bigger and better things going to be coming your way in time. Appreciate it, mate. Thank you so much. Top man. Cheers, Reese. Nice one. Indeed, mate. Another top guest. Yes. Love it. I love it. So, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll, be, uh, we'll be back next week with another guest 
I would imagine. Uh, I haven't actually booked one yet, but we will have one. I've, I've got no doubt we've got plenty penciled in and ready to go. Yeah. Um, so, uh, made no UFC last night. Let's uh, let's have a little chat about uh, Bellator two five five, the main card. We won't um, we won't go massive, massive, massive into it. We'll just go fight by fight. Um, the problem I've got is, unlike the UFC, um, I had trouble finding like a a round by round uh, sort of breakdown of the fights to, to mm. bring up. But um, there was one prelim fight I just wanted to make a quick mention of, and that was uh, Mahmed Mahmedov uh, defeated CJ Hamilton via submission, rear naked choke, about a minute and a half of the second round. Mahmedov again looking real good. Um, really enjoyed that one. It was uh, only a short one, but he is, uh, he's a fighter which is very, very talented. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes next. A little bit yeah. surprised to see him on the pre-show, actually. i got to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he did, did look absolutely devastating, didn't he? God, Jesus. But um, Hamilton made a good little display of himself in that, you know, in that first round. In that round, first round, he, yeah. He, he was doing good, but I think he was having to be so physical defending the the technical and physical onslaught of Magnoff. And, uh, yeah, Hamilton did some good things. But I think he just when he began to falter, um, and then Menegdorf began to take over and get control. He just looked unstoppable, really. And you started to realise there's actually, you know, a couple of belts difference in level, you know, where it got, where it really mattered. But, you know, Hamilton did good things. Um, I feel like he's got some potential, this lad. But, yeah. Yeah, even towards the end, of, the, end of that end of that first round when um, he had the hooks in on the back and he was pummeling the back of his head, he just yeah. looked a bit. Just looked at lots of different levels, didn't they? And then, you know, the end of the fight came. And once he got him in position, that flying knee. To, so he hit it. Magomedov hits him with a flying knee. And it doesn't rock him, but it just set him up nicely to to move him to where mm. he wanted. And it wasn't too long before he was uh, he was done. Um, I, was impre- I know you love the grappling, mate. Were you impressed with how quickly uh Mahmedov went from sort of pummeling him uh turning him round and into the rear naked choke yeah he was really really impressive uh what can you say he just looked so clinical he, he knew where he wanted to be and how to get there and and he got there with no real issues to be honest um like i say amerton physically was able to defend a little bit in the first round uh, and, and was kind of just having to be forceful to get out of certain difficult mm. situations. But Megamadoff was acting like he was more experienced beyond his actual Didn't worry at all, did he? No, and he just knew it was a matter of time. And he didn't rush anything, but he, likewise, although he didn't rush, he was always working towards that win, you know, constantly. And, yeah, just very, very impressive. You don't often see, um, when he puts, the, he puts the rear naked choke on him, standing up. And- yeah. They fall, you know, he fall, fall, falls forward to, and then taps out. You don't see that very often, really, do you? Is no, it? No, you know, what's what's, what's the reason why you don't see that often? Is it just purely because nine times out of ten it gets put on, you know, when you take the back on the floor? Or yeah, I mean, yeah, most of the time people's wrestling 
uh, uh, you know, they're, they're sort of like close enough levels where you end up facing each other a lot and you normally get the back on the grounded situation through throwing ground a pound or trying to get back to your feet. People quite often give their back up to try to get to the fence. Sometimes they muck up that timing and they get their back taken. So you get the belly down submissions and stuff. But yeah, with regards to being set up on the feet, if there's a big wrestling difference between two individuals, you're going to get round the back more often. And, you know, it, it's going to showcase itself every now and then. But, um, yeah, it, yeah, there was a difference in level between them both. You could see that. Absolutely. I um, Funny enough, I've just noticed on um, one of these websites, um, where I was looking at some of the fights, that uh, one – did one wrestling have a uh, – one well, – what's it called? One MMA or whatever, one championship – have a yeah. show because it looks like Eddie Alvarez and Demetrius Johnson fought. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I didn't get time to watch those. No, yeah. I haven't seen them. I didn't realize, and I would have watched them, you know, because of their names. But I just having a look. Eddie Eddie Alvarez was taken to hospital by a air. Uh, he was airlifted to hospital. Uh, right. He submitted Edward Fowlong. I'm reading this now. I haven't seen the fight. Um, in a comeback win. Uh, so basically, Eddie Alvarez survived a huge early onslaught from his opponent, um, right. but eventually tapped the Filipino out with a rear naked choke. Um, right, yeah, but that was fellow, then, he's, a, he's a devastating striker, isn't he? Mm, um, and then Eddie Alvarez was airlifted to hospital by all accounts. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, mm, hopefully, we wish him, wish, wish him well and hopefully he's okay. When you're yeah. up against these crazy strikers, you know, you take some... Eddie Alvarez has always taken a lot of damage as well. In he has been in wars. Strikers, and he's been in wars over the years. Uh, Demetrius Johnson fought uh, Tatsimi Wawada. I, I haven't seen the result yet. I'm about to read about it. But I'm going to say that Demetrius Johnson won. Let's see. Um, but, yeah, in future, I'll keep an, a bit more of an eye on you know, uh, the one championship because they have got some big fighters in there just so we can keep an eye out for when they have a big card. It doesn't look mm -hmm. like maybe that was an old old fight. I don't know. I can't find it. But, um, yeah, um, hopefully Eddie Alvarez is okay. I mean, that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. Sure what the issue was with it. Um, so Demetrius Johnson has got a fight coming up against... Adriano Morales by the looks of it on April the seventh, which is next week. So we'll there we'll uh, there you go. We'll keep an eye out for that for next week. Um so next fight on the Bellator card was um Kana Watanibi versus Alejandra Lara, uh, which was a split decision uh with Kana Watanibi picking up the victory. Did you see this one? Uh, I'm just checking to see if I this jogs my memory because so this might have been the only one. Yeah, no, yeah. this one I did not see. Yeah, it's the same as me. I didn't see this one, but um, I uh, by the report it seems like it was a pretty decent fight. Like um, they uh, they did have a quite close fight. Uh, what what's an what's an EB picking up the victory via split decision 28 29 29 then we get Usman Nagmega Madoff defeating Mike Hamill uh, via unanimous decision, 29-28, uh, 30-27, 30-27. What did you make of of Usman's performance? I think it's uh, this was his debut maybe in the Bellator. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was okay. It wasn't perfect by any stretch. You know, his guard is a little bit long. Um, doesn't doesn't have devastating striking hands. But one thing that he did do was throw a lot of shots, and he did have some nice kicks on him. And when I say nice kicks, I don't really like devastating leg kicks or body kicks or anything. But they were quick. They were rangy, and they were problematic because he was the taller guy. And yeah, he just won on work rate. Really, he was just you know hacking the leg, hacking the body, going ahead a lot. He just had really, really good cardio. He was the longer, taller guy. And um, Hamill had to work in close all the time. Hamill had his opportunities. He actually looked pretty good in the wrestling exchanges when, when it happened. Um, but, yeah, uh, Usman was just a, a little bit too much for him. I think it was the, the physical differences. Hamill just didn't have the, the uh, skill set and the tool set to be able to push close which is what he needed giving away a lot of height and reach like he was he needed yeah. to get into those bombs dropping now he's throwing the bombs but they were glazing glazing Usman and it was just not being consequential enough and to push through into that pocket he was receiving a lot of shots himself started getting bloodied up um, I just feel like Hemel if he wanted to make the fight change in his favour he would have needed to shoot in more early on in the rounds and try and present an opportunity to take it to the ground but yeah, he spent too long trying to find his way into the pocket with the striking, which probably affected his gas tank somewhat because he had to work harder out of the two men to try to get his scoring shots off. So when he did shoot him, he did look good, but I think he'd done it a little bit too late in the rounds and was leaving him a little bit short on energy to keep the control enough to take away the judges' attention from all the striking that landed from Usman. But a good fight to watch, though. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, it, uh, Khabib's cousin, obviously, they're apparently them. I read that there was a, like a literally an army of Namega Madoffs uh, at this yeah. show. It was, they all went out there, which is uh, it's great to see. You yeah. know, the supporting Khabib's cousin. But I thought he did all right for his debut. I thought there was a bit of nerves there. Maybe it's um, obviously a big fight for him. His first fight in Bellator after signing yeah. the deal. Um, we, there's enough to him, isn't there? You saw enough. That he's gonna, you know, he's gonna progress and he's gonna get better with with experience. Sure. Um, next up was Tyrell Fortune versus Jack May, uh, with Tyrell Fortune picking up the victory via TKO strikes in round one. Not much to this one particularly, mate. No, nah, I mean Jack May, a massive towering man of six for eight, but <laughs> did not boy. have anything near the skill set to make any of that height count. Um, he was closed down very, very quickly, taken down very, very quickly, and looked largely lost on the ground. Um, it was not a good performance by him. Sorry, I, thought he looked, I just thought he looked lost on the ground. Maybe. He, did. he did look lost. Uh, yeah, it was not a good performance on his behalf, but this is not Fortune's fault. Fortune performed very good um, and performed as to be expected against that sort of calibre of guy from what I witnessed. I mean, he wasn't a particularly high calibre. So, yeah, he, he, did, he did good. Um, it's hard to take anything from that fight, really, that it was so one-sided. It was very one-sided. He's a big boy, isn't he? Um, what's his name? Fortune. Uh, big, yeah. big, big, big man. Uh, next up was Jason Jackson defeating Neyman, Neyman Gracie by a unanimous decision, 29-28 across the boards. Um, what did you make of this one? Yeah, I enjoyed watching this fight. Uh, when I watched this fight, though, I, I do think to myself, can I imagine any of these guys up against anyone in the top 15 in UFC? Yeah. And I think both of them have come up woefully short. 
Um, you know, they're probably fighting at the level you would expect in sort of like on the outer fringes of 25 rank in UFC yeah. to be honest. Um, yeah, uh, I think Gracie was really convinced that he'd won it, but he'd done some really sloppy things um, that some of the takedowns ended up putting himself on his back. It just had no concept of how to wrestle and maintain control. Bear in mind, you expect the Gracie name to really understand how to control on the ground, but to get control on the ground, you have to get it there with the uh, potential controls in place as you do the takedown. He was trying to drag his opponent down at times and sort of dragged him on top of himself at times. And I think that's where the losses come, um, you know, because I think he, I think I was all on the punch and strike tally. I think he may have been ahead, but um, yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't a great performance from either of them, but it, in turn that made it quite an entertaining match. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I really don't know what else to say about it really. Um, both of them have a lot of things to work on throughout the, the the whole of their skill set. They, they were striking okay. The wrestling was really not not great, but you know, similarly matched. You know, they both both had the opportunity of being on top of each other. Um, the grappling exchanges, like I say, well, you would have thought the Gracie would have showed a lot more superiority than did he did in the first round. He had uh, Jackson's back with a rear naked choke, and it looks an utter lost position. But he tried to do what jiu-jitsu guys do, and that's only worked for the choke. Now, he had three minutes 40 on the clock when he had the back. He should have just gone on an absolute onslaught with punches. The ref would have to have stopped it because there's no real way out when you've been sprawled. It's so mm. difficult to get out from. The guy clearly couldn't get out of the position because he was stuck there for quite a long period. All the grace he had to do was throw strikes there, but no, he was faffling around for the rear naked choke. Even throwing strikes in that position to, to help get the choke to present itself would have been good, but he didn't throw no strikes there. Absolute ludicrous and hugely inexperienced approach to that sort of dominance positionally in the first round. It was, yeah, that, that was not good to see. So, I mean, it sounds like I'm, I'm talking trash about them both, but I just no, wasn't impressed at I just wasn't. Like, the weird thing for me, mate, i got to be honest, is, like, you'd expect Naaman Gracie to be a certain level. He's, like, mm. he's 32. He's a very experienced fighter. And yeah. um, he's fighting in battle at all. So, like, I'm expecting him to be, like, be much better than his opponent in the grappling and and be a certain level and i just felt like he wasn't that good like look i know i'm you know i'm not trained i'm not a fighter i'm not saying that but just watching the fight i just felt like it wasn't it was an entertaining fight mm. but i just didn't think it was a good fight if that makes sense no i mean look he's a gracie the, the jackson who he fought is not an accomplished grappler by any stretch he's um an, an mmaist in, in, in terms of his striking, his wrestling and his ground, but not at the highest level in any one of those ranges. Clearly, he wasn't as good as the Gracie on the ground, but Gracie had mount position. He had mount position got turned over. I mean, it, it, that, I mean, that's really poor from any grappling perspective, especially being turned over by someone that's not exactly hugely talented on the ground or not a super accomplished wrestler. I mean, it was... Mm. A pretty poor showing. I expected more from the Gracie. Now, the only thing I could be thinking of and why he wasn't throwing strikes in that top position um, was because he had Henzo Gracie in his corner. Maybe he was trying to, you know, put a display of submissions on and trying to keep it to the Gracie tradition of, you know, looking good on the ground in terms of 
putting people away with the submissions, but this is an MMA event. You get an opportunity to be on top. You've got to throw some damage before you go hunting for submissions, unless you're running out of time. You've got to put the fight away because you're so far behind. He wasn't. He was winning this first round convincingly from three minutes 40 remaining on the clock. That's plenty of time for him to put it away. But from three minutes 40, where he was in a total win-win position, at one minute 50 of the first round, he was suddenly on his back. I mean, that's just massively inexperienced at this level. And there's no real excuses. I, I would, if I was in his corner, I'd be going nuts. I would not be a happy bunny. Yeah, yeah. Not not pleased. Uh, the main event, Patricio Pitbull defeated Emmanuel Sanchez via submission guillotine choke round three minutes, 35 into the first round. What did you make of the main event, my friend? Yeah, Pitbull just gets it done. He's just got so much power in his hands. Look, he's really quite small as well. He's not, not, he's not, not very tall. No, he's not big at all, but clearly got a lot of power in his hands. He's a little bit like Chandler in many ways. Now, he's got some wrestling um, capabilities, so he can kind of go in full ball with his hands. And, and boy, does he. Sanchez was doing the right type of things. He was trying to play long, trying to sit behind his kicks and, and rangy hands and trying to like, get over zealous. But Pitbull's timing is just good. He just... He just senses death and blood. And, yeah, he, he tagged him. I think it was with a, a counter left hook. So sometimes he doesn't have, to, doesn't have to play pure hunter. He sort of just squeezes um, into his opponent, slowly waits for one error. Then he's all gone to blaze with that hook. He lands it on the chin. He gets into ground situation. They briefly come up to feet and jumps in that really devastating arming guillotine. Now, I don't know whether anyone else saw this. I spotted it. He did tap as it touched the ground with uh, the, the near side arm, but the ref couldn't see it and went very, very quickly asleep. And he was asleep for some time before the ref finally intervened with a few arm tugs, which I know referees tell you uh, before you go out that that's what they would do in case of a choke situation. He tried to get a response back on the arm and didn't, but he had already been asleep for a good number of seconds. Um, quite a dangerous situation potentially think, there. Um, the referee's got to do better, do you think, there? They need to get themselves into position better. Um, but, you know, someone... I know, really it's, I know it's easy for me to say that, but, like, when you're in charge of, uh, you know, fighter safety and, and making sure that when they tap, they're, you know, they're not going to sleep and stuff like that, I do yeah. feel like, they, look, let's be honest, maybe he should have done a bit better. Yeah, I do think the ref was just on the wrong side and then missed... The, the free well, that's arm part of it, isn't it? That's part of being in the right position. Yeah, you, you, you have. You've got to locate yourself. you kind of got to be one step off ahead of what the fighters are intending to do a little bit. Um, but being that close into the fight, what you can get a good sense. I mean, I've done a lot of refereeing over the years. And, um, you know, sometimes they do do the unexpected and they nearly come into you and what have you, or it goes to the ground and you're on the wrong side, you have to run round. But that ref didn't make the changes that I felt he should have made to get himself in an optimum position to see what what was a, a tap out to me. Um, but he, he missed it and it could have been really nasty. I mean, Pitbull, fair play. He was like, look, this guy, the guy's unconscious. The guy who's trying to help the ref make his decisions. But uh, it is what it is. Look, there was no harm done in the end, thankfully. But Pitbull just gets it done. It's really, really good. If I want to see anyone come over to UFC, it's him. Yeah, I'm, I think I've said before, I'm not a massive um, fan of the Pitbull brothers, but Patricio is my uh, sort of preferred one, if you like. I, I really yeah. admire his skills. Um, 
particularly a striker. I just think, but he's um, he's a you know, very very talented, uh, very talented fighter, no doubt. And yeah. um, it was all right. It was a fun show, fun show. Um, pretty much yeah. enjoyed most of the fights that I watched. Um, obviously, like I said, they were so badly uh, promoted this show that we didn't even know it was on until Saturday yeah. morning. So. I mean, I always saw UFC as being the number one and Bellator a closely contested number two. And I think it's that Bjorn was the person that was running the event back when I was getting involved with James Thompson going over there. And I thought it was pretty well run event. I was really surprised when Bjorn was stepping to one side. Scott Coker was taking over. Scott Coker come from Strike Force. And Strike Force was a bloody good event. I used to really enjoy it. And, and that's, mm. to me, in my mind, I saw that as sort of like number three rank, um, you know, in, in terms of interest of viewing matchups and what have you. But, yes, yeah, I don't know what he's doing. I just don't I, I just what's, what's the business model idea behind what he's doing with Bellator? I have no idea. And not pushing it and advertising it. I mean, I didn't even know there's a Bellator until you messaged me saying, hey, do you want to check out Bellator? We ain't got no UFC to watch. I didn't even know it was on. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. It is really bizarre, mate. And I think my problem with it is, like, the BBC deal for Bellator could be a massive thing. Like, I really think that's something they should be pushing and plastering everywhere to have MMA on, on terrestrial TV live. Because one of the problems with Bellator has been that you couldn't always get the shows live in the UK. Right. Like, Channel 5 would show them, but they show them, like, a a couple of days later or a week later. Yeah. So you, you couldn't watch live without illegal streaming and things like this. So like to have it on terrestrial TV and then no one know about it because, mm. you know, they haven't advertised it. It's criminal. And Reese yeah. was saying just before we went live that they've released uh, a few UK fighters um, this week. And like there's rumours that they're going to get rid of the whole European division. Like that, in my opinion... That will be a massive mistake, and I actually believe that could be a catastrophic mistake for for yeah. Bellator as a company, particularly in terms of their, you know, their UFC, uh, sorry, their UK fan base or the, what they're trying yeah. to build as a UK fan base because yeah. they've got some good UK fighters within their ranks. Obviously, they've signed Brett Johns recently. Like yeah. the last thing you want to do is. Is start getting rid of these guys as you yeah, you know, it makes you wonder so. momentum. It makes you wonder what's going on, and and do you know what? It kind of paints the picture for me that they might be in some financial difficulties, and you're obviously bringing in European fighters stateside um, is going to cost more money. Um, you've got to wonder whether it's something to do with that, but they're going to be shrinking and lockdowns. Yeah, you've got to invest. To sort of create bigger opportunities to, grow, to create growth, you've got to invest and reinvest. But cutting back your costs and making things smaller is not—it's just not the way it should be done, right? Um, I, like I said, I don't know. maybe someone could give us more answers that are more in the know. But yeah, I've just I mean, been, I've not been impressed a number of years for a number of and, years with Bellator. Yeah, one thing I will say, mate, is if they are getting rid of that European division. Graham Boylan will be rubbing his hands together because um, yeah. some of that European talent in that Bellator divisions is uh, oof, phenomenal. Um, mm -hmm. you know, you've only got to look at some of the Welsh boys and they're like Lewis Long and and Brett Johns, like 
Jesus, Cage we love those guys, you know. Uh, never mind yeah. some of the Italian. They got a couple of good Italians in there. They got some um, some some English guys who were doing really well. You know, it's worrying because I I agree. It does seem a bit like right. You, you know, is there some sort of financial issue to it? Is uh, mm -hmm. because during lockdown and the pandemic. The Bellator European division is the only shows they've been putting really on. Like there's been a couple of others, but yeah, like the European division is what's been keeping them going. So you know, to suddenly be rumours of them getting rid of it is is concern. Um, I would yeah, say. Actually, yeah, I agree. It's concerning. And funny enough, I was only thinking the other day. Oh, I, Lewis Long hasn't had a fight for ages. He seems ready. Why haven't they given him a fight? And mm. then I now I hear that, and I start thinking, oh Jesus, I hope. Yeah. You know, I hope they're not getting rid of that division, uh, the European side of it. But yeah, maybe and if, if but they do, Cage Warriors, mate, UFC would probably fancy a couple of those fighters as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they'll snap them up and see any potential in any of them. They'll be getting snapped up straight away. But um, it makes me wonder, you know, would we see a return of Bama? Because Bama kind of got caught, caught up because Bellator come over to Europe, didn't it? Yeah. So would would Banner come back in? I don't know because Banner used to put on some fantastic matches. Yeah, they did. Um, I just realised I just watching them. They did a face off um, after the the main event between um, AJ McKee and um, Patricio Pitbull. Right. Like AJ AJ McKee is massive compared to him. Yeah, he's yeah. really tall. Like really really tall. He even looks quite wide compared to yeah. Pitbull. Um, yeah. But Pitbull's been, you know, he's been dominant in Bellator um, for a while, so it'd be uh, certainly going to be interesting, mate. I'll tell you yeah. that much. But uh, yeah, UFC next week, mate. Uh, we'll sort out a guest as well. Whether it's yeah. uh, a coach or a fighter or a media person, we'll have yeah. someone. It's going to be fun. Um, yes. Big, big thank you as ever. To our guest, um, Reese McKee, this week. I was really looking forward to tonight's show with Reese, and obviously it, it coincided with your return to the to the show after you you left us for a week, only a week in the end. But um, Richard did a tremendous job actually staying in, standing in for you, yeah. and a big thank you to Richard for that because obviously yeah. if he didn't stand in, then there's no show. So. Uh, I appreciate that massively. Richard uh, stepped in a couple of times now for you. Does a good job. But um, yeah. we'll be back next week. Uh, we released some merchandise this week uh, on Ace Podcast Nation, and uh, which also includes a couple of Danny Batten fight show items. Uh, you can check them out. Links in the description below, as well as scrolling across the bottom of the screen now, if you'd like to have a little look and support the channel. Um, we get a little cut of that. We don't have any involvement in the shipping. Um, it's the Teespring does everything. So you contact them for that sort of stuff. But obviously, we'll help as much as possible. Um, it's just another way that you can support the show and the channel. Um, but yes, subscribe, youtube.com slash nation. Uh, obviously, the audio versions are everywhere, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Real push at the moment, trying to get uh, so social media followers up a little bit. Um, they all go up slowly, but we'd like to have a nice push. So give us a follow, uh, Ace Podcast Nation. And of course, if you want just the Danny Batten show, it's at Danny Batten FS uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Danny, as ever, it's a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for your time. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you as well, Sai. It's been another pleasurable weekend and so nice to be back to our old routine. Indeed, mate. Indeed. Uh, we'll be back next week. Be good. Stay safe. You're listening to Ace Podcast Nation, the hottest new podcast network and YouTube channel in the UK, featuring original series, top guests, expert analysts, and more. Check out facebook.com forward slash Nation for news on latest guests and shows. Watch every show in full at youtube.com forward slash Nation. Sports Social Podcast Network.